Dr. Cindy Sai, welcome to the Dare to Dream podcast. Thank you for having me. I am so glad you are here today to ask you a couple questions. The first is that LinkedIn seems to be on a mission to show me that you are taking over the world. Every time I go on LinkedIn and look at my newsfeed, you're speaking at another conference, you're accepting another award. And I want to ask you, what is this mission that you are on? Thanks for asking and for all the support online. (laughs) So for me, I'm on a mission to redefine self-care and to help people, especially the high achieving super women of society, learn how to transform their stress into strength so that they can feel so much better. Mm, Stress into strength. I like that. And where did the inspiration for this mission come from? Is this personal? Yeah. So for me, um, ever since I was young, I was this shy, introverted perfectionist. And I was just focused on doing all the things right and checking all the boxes. And I was very focused on becoming a physician ever since I was young. I was very health conscious and thought that being a doctor was a really great way to be healthy and to help others around me be healthy as well. And so I worked really hard going to all the top schools, did all the right things. And then towards the end of my medical training, which is what I, the experience I share about in my recent TEDx talk, that I woke up one day not being able to see. And that was terrifying to just like wake up and and feel like the world was dark and blurry and, and everything. And, and then what started was it really got me on this path to pause, to recognize that our body has its own intelligence and that it talks to us. And for me, because I had been essentially on autopilot for so long, right? I was so focused on being a doctor, doing the right things that I was really in the state of chronic stress, overwhelm and burnout, even though on the surface, things might've looked fine and great. And I think it was when I had this health issue that it really prompted me to slow down. And I am grateful because I have the medical training and background and also it allowed me to dive into this whole new area of integrative medicine, which is a field of medicine that incorporates many modalities on this path to wellness. And so what I learned throughout is that there are so many options out there. There's so many tools and techniques and practices that a lot of times we don't talk about. And we often come to medicine when we're already sick or ill. And I just... I really, I think as, as a physician and also patient myself, I didn't want to just prescribe medications as a band-aid. You know, I look at my own healing journey and coaching was definitely a big part of, of healing also, really learning how to manage your mindset, right? Your perspective, um, taking responsibility and all these other tools and techniques and practices. So it really helped me see that I wanted to make a bigger impact and to help people, to teach them how to fish right? To have these tools and techniques and have it in their own toolbox so that they can be well and and really show up as the best version of themselves. I think you're going to have to explain what happened with you not being able to see. You'll have to watch my TEDx talk. (laughs) Okay, that too. But 
It's not out yet, but basically, hopefully it'll be out by the time this airs. But I definitely, you know, the first couple of days, it was it was so confusing and terrifying at the same time because I would go see doctors and they would do labs and, and things would look normal. And then, but I wasn't feeling normal, right? I, like my prescription increased threefold overnight. And I remember this doctor saying that this was interesting, that, you know, this case was interesting. And that is definitely, you know, you don't want to be interesting to a doctor. That essentially means that they have no idea what's going on. (laughs) So it was after a couple days, a week, more symptoms and things started coming up. And so got a diagnosis that I had an autoimmune condition impacting my eyes that could have led to full blindness. And so I started on all the serious medications like steroids, immunosuppressants to stop the inflammation, right? That was really impacting my vision. And then it did help. And then at follow-up subsequent visits going in to see that there was still inflammation, even though my vision had had improved, was improving. And, and it really prompted me to look at, well, okay, what am I doing that's causing this ongoing inflammation? What are some ways that I can better manage? Really looking at the whole picture, right? It's like not just really seeing the medications as supportive, but not the only thing that could really help. And thankfully through like Chinese medicine, mindfulness, meditation, coaching, like all these other things that I was able to really get through, recover and improve. So I'm no longer taking those medications. So it's been a journey, but definitely I think I've learned so much from it that I take with me and am able to share with others now. That is incredible. And yeah, sometimes it, it takes like our lives grinding to a to a halt to pivot and kind of pursue the path that we are supposed to truly pursue. And I'm just curious about before that, when you were putting, you just felt so much pressure and weight and you're doing the things that so many of us think we have to do. We have to keep up and, you know, fulfill expectations and where did that like, come from? Was it self-imposed or was it like your family or where did that that drive and the fire to do everything you're doing come from? Yeah. So growing up and for a long time, I actually held on to this belief that I was an accident because my parents didn't plan to have me. And so I think Growing up, even though you hear things like, oh, right, like just jokingly as a kid, the problem is you don't know how to interpret things within context and reason, right? And so you just take it as at face value. You immediately go to the worst case scenario and because you're driven from fear and survival as you're still developing. And so I think for me, subconsciously, what that drove me to do was to constantly achieve as a way to essentially prove my worth, right? To do all the right things that I had to be liked, that I had to be perfect to be accepted and to be enough. And I think a lot of times we have different varying degrees of this. And part of it is when we're not fully connected with who we are, 
when we don't fully see our own worth and value, it can be really challenging when you hear all these messages from everything, everyone else outside of you, right? All the externals. And so you really have to stay grounded and focused on you so that understanding that you're on your path and that we're all on our own journeys, but it's a process. And and so for me, I think that definitely, you know, after doing a lot of deep introspection, I was able to really understand like this were my patterns, right? Like that perfectionist tendency of like overachieving and constantly going. So, so I definitely think it's, it's important for anyone to, to understand that there is a reason behind what you're doing. And when you can really get to the root of it, then you can really work through it and have it actually become your strength, right? Instead of something that holds you back. For sure. Well, something that I've been kind of working through and thinking about is just questioning why yeah, why we're doing the things that we are doing. And it all does, I mean, it all does come from just trying to find that peace within yourself. Like we we aspire to, you know, great things because at some level it does bring happiness or, you know, what we think of as happiness or we think it will bring what we think is happiness. So we, we go for these things because we are trying to, feel something within ourselves that we just don't, we're not taught how to fill in high school and college and everything. We're not taught how to kind of just focus on, you know, what will make us not just happy, but fulfilled and sustained and just peaceful at the end of the day. And that's kind of what I'm trying to focus on. And yeah, it's it's difficult to to parse the noise from what we are actually, you know, feeling within ourselves. And was were like meditation and the kind of holistic medicines and all all those things were you interested in that as you were before like the the medical crisis or was that something that you really dove into after that happened yeah so i grew up in taiwan i went to an american school but so there was definitely chinese medicine and all these other modalities around me but my dad was a surgeon And so we didn't really uh, come into contact with kind of the alternative Chinese medicine world, which was really interesting because, and then I moved to the state starting college, learned about all these things. And I would start getting acupuncture here (laughs) as opposed to back there. But I think starting in med school was when I first learned about integrative medicine and meditation. I was very grateful. There was, we had classes on mindfulness and, and, you know, things like that. And I think it really started this journey, but I do think that when I had my health crisis, that definitely, you know, opened up more of a journey and to really, because I think when it's like, people say that you don't change unless you're in pain. Right. And so I think that that's why for a lot of people, it has to take something big, something dramatic, traumatic, whatever, for them to finally pause and pay attention. Slowly losing your eyesight is definitely reason to change. Definitely. Pretty quickly. Yeah. So what I'm curious about, because the way you're describing it, it sounds like you healed yourself from, and I've also listened to your TED talk, you healed yourself from these Chinese medicines and mindfulness and meditation and self-care. 
what were some of the specifics that people listening to this, if they're going through something, if they have ailments that they can pull from to use in their own life? Well, I think first off, a disclaimer that please work with your healthcare practitioner to, to figure out what works for you. I think that there are so many modalities and options that are out there that I like to say that everyone is different. So the things you need are different. And that also what's interesting to keep in mind is that as you continue to go through different phases in your life, things will also change. And so giving yourself permission to be open, to explore, to be curious about, hey, this is what feels good to me. You know, I have people who go from like marathon runners to like no longer wanting to run anymore because they're like in a different phase in life, right? So it's just, I think being open and curious about trying different things. I think definitely if in terms of health issues, if there's just, if it's been a struggle to get to answers, I would recommend looking into working with an integrated medicine or functional medicine practitioner, because basically in these modalities, we look at looking at the root cause of things, right? And a lot of times it's could be something related to your gut. It could be, you know, so it's very much a holistic point of view of like, hey, how are you feeling your body? What's Are you having food sensitivities? Like all of these things that actually add up, like it may seem mysterious to have rashes, but it might be something going on in your gut in terms of imbalance and things like that. So I think, you know, the takeaway I would say is to find a team of practitioners who you really trust and are comfortable with so that they can work with you and explore together to find something that will work best for you. Okay, got it. So it's individual specific, not just a one size fits all recipe, but getting a team of people around you who can help you figure out the root cause. Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, I know everyone would love to have a simple checklist or five step. I do this, this, and you're going to be healthy and well. But I mean, the truth is where we all live such different lives. We've gone through so many different experiences, different culture, upbringing, beliefs and values. So I think that part of it, right? Like some people are never going to want to meditate. So I would never tell them that they have to meditate, right? Because then that just makes them feel like they're never going to get better or they don't have a solution. And, And that's not the case. I think it's just really important to learn to connect to who you are so that you can really be attuned to, hey, what's going on? So that you can communicate that with your healthcare team, whoever need, you know, your support team, and then ask for what you need and really advocate for yourself so that you can get better. Like it. <laughs> Greg? I would love to hear more about the calm, confidence, curiosity method. Yes, I was going to ask about curiosity. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, I wrote a book. It's called So Much Better. And it's, I actually have it right here yet. So it's, it's a self-help book based in mindfulness. And I share life-changing strategies to develop calm, confidence, and curiosity to become your own inspiring success story. And so I basically break down the three pillars that you have to master to become an inspiring success story and to get out of your comfort zone. 
And so the three things are calm, confidence, and curiosity. So first, calm is about regulating your nervous system. So a lot of times when we are in a state of overwhelm and stress, like we're in a state of survival, right? And so we have to learn ways and techniques to be able to stay calm, to get out of that fight or flight mode, right? So that we can really access the deeper levels, like the, our inner wisdom and all these other things. So that's the calm piece. And then confidence is about rewiring your brain and having a strong sense of self-belief. So it's looking at the subconscious programming beliefs you've held onto. It's having tools and techniques to get past that, right? To release a lot of those limiting beliefs and ideas that are keeping you stuck. And then confidence or curiosity is about finding the creativity, the fun, really accessing your inner wisdom, which we all have, right? And bringing that playfulness into your every day. And so if you really think about it, these three pillars actually represent the body with calm, represents the mind with confidence, and then spirit with curiosity. And it's really this holistic approach, right? Like body, mind, spirit. Like when you're integrated in all three areas, that's when life is just a total breeze because you know exactly who you are. You know how to manage your patterns, your triggers, your habits, like all these things. And then you also know you have a clear mission and purpose and vision, right? Because you're tapped into your inner wisdom and all of it. So yeah, I came up with it after seeing the same things come up again and again with, with clients. And I just realized that we needed to look at the whole picture, right? I think a lot of times we just look at one piece and one piece and sure, it's, it's helpful. But in order for deep transformation, lasting change, you've got to change it all at once, right? Like, you know, in a process, but like, look at the whole picture so you're not sabotaging yourself in some other way. So I hope that makes sense. For somebody, and I, I hate to just ask for like the, the at-home kit, but like what, what question would you maybe just advise the people just to start with? Like what should people just ask themselves first to even know kind of what step to embark on? on the? I know it's a, it's a universe of everything that needs to work together, but maybe just one question, like where would you begin? You mean in terms of their finding who they are or... I think so. Yeah. Cause I was curious about the curiosity aspect and like how to, what can you advise people just to, to even know, like if they are feeling stuck and maybe it is their body that is feeling kind of out of whack, or maybe they're just, there's their spirit that they're just not feeling inspired or, you know, their mind isn't challenged in the way that it should be. What question can you just, it doesn't have to be a question, but I think that's a good jumping off point of, just to ask yourself to to know kind of what direction to move in. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, well, as coaches, you know that we ask a ton of questions. So it's not just one. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yes. But I think that it's really helpful to do to give yourself space, number one, to actually play and explore. And I think a lot of times when we are so busy, when we're focused on doing things right or a certain way, we don't allow ourselves that space to be creative, 
to really bring play into all of this, right? Like making it fun. Mm -hmm. And so I think it would look like taking time, intentional time, like no devices, (laughs) going out. A lot of times I find being in nature to be very helpful because you're like more unplugged and grounded. And then just having a journal and really thinking about simple thing is really thinking back to maybe when you were young, you know, like as what were the things that really lit you up? What did you enjoy doing? Right. Was it when you were drawing pictures and then now you're in this role, this like engineer role where you don't get to do, you know, use any of your artistic abilities. Right. And so I think it's really connecting to that part of you, that essence of wonder and joy. And so you need to create and allow space for that, for that to come out. And the reason I talk about calm is because a lot of times when we're stressed out, the studies have shown that when you're in a, in a sympathetic mode, when you're in fight or flight, you can't access the parts of your brain that are, you know, with creativity and all of that, you know, artistic ability and stuff, because you're so focused on survival and like analytical stuff. So I think it's, that's probably one thing I would share is that give yourself the space to pause, to explore, and just start with simple things like, what did I enjoy? You know, what makes me happy? What fills me up? And then also knowing that it's not necessarily a linear path, right? A lot of times I think we, we have this idea of what we want things to look like. And we're like, okay, well, I need to know this. I need to figure this out. Yeah. And then we get frustrated when it doesn't. And we think we failed and, and all the things. And then the inner critic starts talking and all these things. And so it's really knowing that this is a process and it's a journey and really learning that sense of compassion also for yourself, for others, as you know, we're all trying to figure, figure life out. Yeah. 100%, yeah. I was just reading an article before this, and I love your answer, Cindy. Yes. And it was kind of the same question of like, how do you actually start to figure out what you want in life? And what I found compelling about it was that two things. It said, first, pretend like you would have everyone's support. That's something that a lot of people worried about are worried about is, oh, I want to do this thing, but other people might judge me. So put in the precondition that everyone would support you in this thing you want to do. And then two, remove limitations. Dream really big and think, if I had a magic wand, what would I want my life to look like? If I had enough money, enough time, enough love in my life. And it's really creating that big play box or sandbox to play in before you start. If you try and put an idea out and then get really analytical and logical at the same time, like those are different parts of the brain. You can speak to this better than I can. But you need to brainstorm and think big first before you kind of assess the realness of it. Yeah, totally. And I think that's that's why we see the value of coaching, right? And having that space and community and support. And I can tell you that, especially for people who are maybe contemplating change and things like that, I think it's really important to realize that you do want support, right? But it's also you want to be mindful also of of the support that you're looking for. Because when you're going through change and evolution, there are people who may not understand. 
And I think it can be really challenging when they're not fully bought in when you're wanting them to, because to your point, right? We have to come from a place imagining that people would be a full support to take away that sense of fear of judgment and failure. And so I would say that, you know, as you're, if you're navigating through change and uncertainty and just realize that the people, especially those close to us and around us, they know you, right? But they also know the version of you up until this point. And if you're trying to become something different, if you have big goals and dreams, it's going to take a different identity on a certain level, right? And then you want to have the people around you who really understand and support and see you as that version of you so that you can keep going so that you don't have to feel, you know, like you're stuck, so to speak. Sometimes the love that people have for you can get in the way of your growth because they love you as you are right then and they don't want you to change. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we're even like searching for, you know, for validation of like our, our change. Obviously we want, if you're making a change, you want people to say, oh yeah, hundred percent go for it. Like, but like you're saying, they know the, the version of us who, who we were. And if we want to actually make a change, obviously we're going to need to change and become something new. And I think I love your answer as well about just creating space for yourself because it's, I mean, obviously there's so many outside external influences telling us what should make us happy and, you know, the path that we should be taking and so much baggage from our childhood, all that stuff. But I think it's just really helpful for me lately is, like coming to Japan, I'm in, a, I'm in a very small apartment here. First time living in like a big city. I'm in Osaka, which I've always wanted to live in a city. And this is, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles, but this is the first time I could like just walk outside and just ex- start exploring. And just realizing that um, what really makes me happy is kind of this simplified lifestyle at this point, uh, kind of smaller, less stuff, but just being in a new, completely new environment and just kind of learning and growing every day from it. And I think it does, it's very helpful just asking yourself, like, what what am I actually after? Like, what do I think would make me happy? Is it, you know, achieving what I'm supposed to achieve or is it just a simple lifestyle where I could maybe not make as much money, but do something that actually makes me happy to do? And Greg turned me on to the almanac of Naval Ravikant, and it's blowing my mind if anybody's interested. He's unbelievable. But he just says, like, create like one or two days if you can every week just to do absolutely nothing, like just to think. And I, I mean, that is a, it's a luxury for sure. Like most people do not have one to two days just to do nothing because even if you have a weekend, you feel the obligations to go out with your friends and to be doing this stuff. But if you can, even just like in the morning, creating an hour or two just to to sit with yourself and just with a journal, like somebody, a friend told me like, the real rest like is not lying on your bed, scrolling Instagram for 30 minutes. Like rest is actually, it's whatever it means to you. It's whatever it fulfills you. And I think nature is a big part of that long, <laughs> long rant there, but yes. I appreciate the the reply and what came to mind was actually also as you allow yourself to be in this like 
contemplate a state. I think another part about judgment is also checking your own judgment of yourself, right? Because whatever you write, like it doesn't matter. But a lot of times we have this preconceived notion of what a good person looks like, of, you know, what a good partner or this, all these things. And so when we are giving ourselves permission to write something up or to be like, oh, I want to make a ton of money or I don't want to make any money, right? Like there's nothing wrong with either of those, but just recognizing that we might have a tendency to be like, oh, if I want to make a lot of money, is that going to be, make me a bad person? And that's going to kind of block you, for sure, right? So I just wanted to add that little piece in as I heard you share. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, kind of getting out of your own way just to be able to really just allow yourself to, to flow, to flow freely. It's very important. And were you just talking about like your childhood interest in things? Were you, when you were a kid, were you just interested in medicine or how did you kind of see yourself getting into this, this path? Yeah. So I was always focused on becoming a doctor. <laughs> My dad was a surgeon. And so medicine was all around me growing up. Mm-hmm. And I actually had always been very health conscious, like drinking water, even as a kid and you know, not juice and things like that. Like it just, it was just something that came to me. And so I was always focused on, I thought being a doctor was a great way to help people to be healthy, to help to be well. And then I think that as I went through training, I realized that a lot of Western medicine is focused on acute and sick care. And it's really great at that, right? Like for sure, if you have a broken bone, please go to the hospital and get that repaired and looked at. But I think when you look at a lot of chronic diseases, just mental health and things like that, sometimes doesn't necessarily look at the whole picture. And what I appreciate is that there's more and more awareness and demand to take that more integrative, holistic approach, right? People are, there are more studies coming out. I mean, it it makes sense, but sometimes we need these studies to tell us that, right? Eating whole plant-based diets is better for your mood compared to eating junk food, (laughs) you know, things like that. But Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes that's what it takes. And, you know, yoga helps with anxiety and stress and, and all these things. And I think we, we oftentimes are just looking for that quick fix, that magic pill and, and, you know, to kind of make it all go away. But unfortunately, like this is the process and the work that we all have to do. That was the line from the TED Talk that I'm remembering is that the quick fix is never just a quick fix. Am I getting that right? Yeah, the quick fix is not a fix. Mm -hmm. And here we are asking for the quick fix. No, (laughs) I love it. What I'm curious about, Cindy, is speaking of play and rest and unplugging, what do you do in your own life to do those things? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, I have a lot of self-care time. I'm definitely more introverted. So I really enjoy having quiet alone time. And, you know, I'll go to the beach, just like bring a journal with me. I have meditative practice every day, just go hiking, spend time in nature. I play golf. And of course, all the pampering things like massages, you know, and then all the various holistic practitioners, 
acupuncture, coaches, all the things. <laughs> That's a lot for sure. What about singing? I just started taking singing class. <laughs> How's that going? It's been good. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah. It's actually virtual right now, which has been surprising, but it, it works. But yeah, so it's been fun to be able to to do that and just... But actually in Taiwan, I don't know, Vinny, in, in Japan, if, if you've gone karaoke yet. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yes. First week here. So I'm, I'm a teacher, English teacher, and me and the other teachers, our first like night really getting to know each other. We all hit the karaoke. Like, have you, have you been to Japan before? Yeah, definitely many times. Yes. The reason I say is because in Asia, karaoke is a pretty big thing, right? It's like a, a fun pastime and things. So, so yeah, I definitely would, would go karaoke when I was young, but nice. that it would be fun to do, maybe learn a little bit more of the technical stuff. So that's why I started. Nice. For, uh, you mean for singing? I thought you meant the, the technical stuff for karaoke. For <laughs> really started to break down the science of karaoke. <laughs> Yeah, it's all about yeah. song selection. That's <laughs> underrated. Underrated. Yeah, so much fun. I think there's a karaoke bar at the end of my street in like this small little neighborhood that I'm kind of scared to go into, but I don't know if it's like a front for something else. Anyways, might have to. Only one way to find um, out. Exactly. Exactly. How long are you going to be in Japan? At least a year, but I'm thinking probably more. <laughs> like, I feel like I'll just be scratching the surface at that point. I can just, you know, want to travel and it's, yeah, it's incredible. Like I, when I was younger, just, just interested in like the culture of it and just the aesthetic. I was just love the art and everything and food is amazing. People are great. But yeah, I'm not too sure. It is learning a lot, questioning a lot, figuring some things out, but at least a year so far, it's been a couple of months. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Are you in... You're in San Diego as well, right? I'm in San Diego. Yeah. Nice. And you're doing Toastmasters? Well, I was looking for different Toastmasters clubs to go practice my TEDx talk. Get and... away from Greg. <laughs> <Steer clear. laughs> I'm grateful to have found <laughs> Greg through that uh, because his Toastmasters club was very, very warm and welcoming. Everyone was really kind and supportive. And I got to go in and practice. So yeah, it was great. They're a good group. What is kind of on the on the horizons for you? Sounds like you're, you know, you're are you like touring doing the TED talk or <laughs> is it a worldwide tour? Well, so I've been doing a lot of different speaking engagements, um, traveling, things like that. But I am excited about um, well, there's just so many things that I'm working on that is just keeps it all fun, but launching group coaching program and um, to really bring that sense of community and to support a group through a very deep transformation. I think that's always really fun to be able to have people together in a safe space and community and to really feel that support. And I would like to work on an audiobook version for my book. I'm looking at a podcast, starting a podcast. So I'll have to Pick your brains about that and a couple other things, but definitely want to write some more books. So yeah, just really also trying to remember to enjoy every step of the way as 
you know, it's, it's funny because I think when you're in it, you don't really notice all the things that are going on until you pause and look back and be like, oh, wow, this all happened. Like, so I think we, we often forget to give ourselves credit to acknowledge all the credit, all the things that we've done. And, you know, that really helps keep you going and, and, you know, also making sure you're aligned with your, your mission, your vision and your purpose. For sure. I think like sometimes, yeah, we, we just get so focused on pushing forward, pushing forward, instead of realizing that take your foot off the gas sometimes is like exactly what you need to propel you further. And a lot of times it's just us putting pressure on ourselves to get to that certain point. And I'm just curious also, like since, you know, the, the eye incident, um, sounds like you've been on this, you know, incredible path and has there been like difficult, I mean, I'm sure there has, but what have like the difficult times been like too? Like, how did you get into coaching and just how do you kind of get through the the slumps as well? Yeah. I know it's a, it's a long process, but. Yeah, I, well, for sure, I've been through challenging times. And I think everyone has. And I found coaching a couple years back, I would say. I had been going to therapy for a while and was found it very helpful and supportive to have that space. But then as I was going to all these different wellness conferences and things like that, I started hearing more about coaching and I was intrigued and everyone seemed to rave about it. I was like, what is this? Right. (laughs) So, um, and then I finally took a chance and, you know, hired my first coach. This was years ago and she was also a mindfulness teacher and really, really set me on this path and introduced me to all these different things, like kind of started this journey. And so I think that for me, coaching has been really helpful because it's allowed me to learn so many tools and techniques and practices to really integrate, to help manage the day-to-day of life, right? Because I think it's important to remember that life is not like rainbows and daisies all the time, nor should it be, right? Because if you're always feeling good and if something happens and it's not good, like you want to be able to feel that, right? If you have a loss, you want to be able to feel that sadness, that grief. Like it's really important to know how to process and release your emotions. It's not just like putting on a mask and like, you know, not having any sense of like vulnerability, right? Of struggle. And so I think, I think for me, what led me to coaching was because I had already been practicing as a primary care physician and things look good on the surface, but I was coming to a point where I was like, well, this is really what I want to do for the rest of my life. This just felt like there was something missing. And even though things look great on the surface, and I think that a lot of times this happens, right? We we're so focused on getting to a goal of what we think it should look like. And when we get there, we're like, Huh. <laughs> like maybe not exactly like where's where are the fireworks? Like, you know, what? Yeah. <laughs> right. And so I think it's I was feeling that it started as a whisper of like, hey, maybe there's more, right? There's a reason I've went through all these things. There's reason I have all the experiences, knowledge, expertise, training. It's because I can help people in so many more ways that would be more aligned with who I am. 
And so I think there was definitely a lot of self-doubt and, and just confusion and stuckness. And so I really credit coaching for helping me get through that. And that's why I love coaching. I was like, I have to become a coach and then continue to have so many coaches. I think coaches always have many coaches, which is important to continue your own growth and development. So, so yeah, I, I think that coaching has really been so supportive and helpful. You know, it's, it's another skill set and tool for, for people to, to get through and navigate life. I think most people who find coaching have a similar story of it's almost this veil that's removed from your eyes of like, wow, there's a way that I can solve this with someone else in this co-creative collaborative space. And I don't have to figure it all out, all out on my own. It's so powerful. I had a similar experience. The first executive coach I worked with just changed my world. <laughs> Rock my world. Yeah. You wanted to say it, did you? <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, I think um, what's coming up for me there is just, it's finding the thing that really is a complete, it's another Naval Ravikant idea, but finding the thing that is like a complete action and a complete experience that you really enjoy doing every day, instead of, like you said, getting to the finish line is never, probably seldom what we imagine it's going to be. Like there's no, you know, we're always looking for the next mountain to climb anyway, even if, when we do get there. So what is the thing that's gonna actually bring you joy in and of itself when you do it in the process? Because that's the only, I mean, that will take you further than you could possibly imagine if you're actually feeling like you're in the thing and truly enjoying it and being the best version of yourself in that thing. And it sounds like that's what coaching and medicine is for you, Cindy, and Greg, for coaching for you. <laughs> and so just asking yourself, yeah, what is that thing that I would truly enjoy doing just every day instead of, you know, a means to an end? It's an end in itself. And it'll also be a means for further ends. <laughs> so just that's a lot of ends, but yes. One more thing that I want to highlight from what you said, Cindy, is that you were talking about how you were successful on paper, or actually you didn't say that. You said successful on the outside. And what came to me in that moment is that I feel like it's oftentimes when we do look the most successful on the outside, when our internal landscape is the most barren. Because if we are taking risks and pushing ourselves and daring to dream and going after the things we want, it often looks messy and chaotic on the outside and you're changing your mind and you're, you know, jumping jobs as you try and figure out what you want. And so that just really stood out to me is that sometimes if everything looks good on the outside, it's a sign that something needs to change. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think it really, that's why this work, it's a process and it takes courage. It really does. Right. Because when things are going pretty well, that means you're you're comfortable, you're coasting, you're right in your comfort zone. And that works for, for some people, right? And, and that's great. But for some other people who feel like they want to do more, like then it's about learning how to expand and grow beyond that, right? So that you don't keep sabotaging yourself to stay within that, that comfort zone that you've kind of created, that bubble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of what you're saying there is like, pertains kind of like just the happiness and, you know, rainbows and like even comfort isn't the thing that 
I think we're we're ultimately after as human beings. It's like we want to be challenged, and we like when you are the happiest is usually when you are you feel yourself like physically, well, spiritually, I'd say more so, like growing and expanding and kind of pushing against your walls, and you're on that brink of you know chaos and and order, so to speak, of like pushing yourself into <laughs> into the unknown further. And that's, you know, where you're getting the best out of yourself. So it's like, if you're not feeling comfortable and Greg, what, what comes up when everything looks good on the outside, I think it was Ryan Holiday. He's like, you know, you, you make fun of the professor who's running around all disheveled. He's wearing two different pairs of socks because he's like inside, he's actually contemplating a great, you know, problem. He's searching for the meaning of life. And he might not look great on the surface, but like he's actually pursuing something instead of the person who's got it all together. They look great on the surface, but underneath it's just maybe too comfortable or, you know, they, or it's just in shambles. So I think we are meant to kind of be looking for that thing that challenges us and causes us to, to grow. If it doesn't look great on the surface, it doesn't matter. And I mean, knowing that you don't need to do this alone, right? Yes. So that's why it's so important to have support, have community, have people around you who believe in you and who are supporting you, right? Who are like your allies, who are your sponsors. And to know that like, just they already see you at that next level. And that's so important, right? As you're continuing to grow, when you still have those moments of disbelief, because you want to be able to keep going and stay connected to that vision and have it be so compelling that it pulls you towards it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, For sure. And speaking of support and having someone in your corner, where can people go to learn more about you? Sure. So I am on social media. Feel free to follow, connect with me at Cindy MD. I'm primarily on LinkedIn and Instagram, also on Facebook. And otherwise, feel free to check out my website, it's cindysightmd.com. I have a free resource to anyone who's feeling overwhelmed. It's create your own calm guide where I share three ways to end your overwhelm now. So you can just visit cindysightmd.com slash calm, C-A-L-M to grab that. And of course, feel free to check out my book so much better. It's available online, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. And I'm just really excited to be here to share and to connect. Yeah, thank you. It's been awesome. Thank you. Such a fun conversation and right in our wheelhouse. Stuff that we love to talk about and truly, truly meaningful. And thank you for coming on the Dare Dream podcast. Thank you, Cindy. And thank you to everyone tuning in with us today. As always, we love you guys.